welcome to the Pregnancy After Loss podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Henry. This podcast is a place for parents to share their stories of pregnancy after loss in hopes to help themselves and others heal and find a supportive community along the way. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Pregnancy After Loss Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the show to help reach other listeners like you. Today's guest is my friend, Sarah Genovese. Um, we have ever at, never actually met in person, no. but um, we've been friends on social media for a while. We did direct sales with the same company for a few years and just kind of connected through mutual friends. Um, and Sarah was great when I first got pregnant after my loss. Um, and I'll let her tell you a little bit more about that, but, um, I'm going to pass it over to her. She volunteered to share her story. So take it away. All righty. Well, first, thank you for having me on here. Um, it's crazy. I always think back to, to like how I've met people and it's nuts. It's like one of those things where you're kind of like, it sucks that we're both here right now, but also in a good way that we, you know, know each other and everything. Um, but yeah, we briefly just talked about it before, you know, we started recording, um, about how I think you had posted a photo of your hematoma or something. And then it looks smaller. And I was like, it does, it looks smaller. Like, <laughs> And I had to like quickly reel it back because something that I don't talk a lot about is that I have been an ultrasound tech for 10 years now and, or almost 10 years. And so when I see people post ultrasound photos, it takes like so much in me. Cause I just want to be like, okay, this is great. Or like give my two cents to things. And, you know, I saw it and I knew that, you know, you were concerned about it and everything. And I was like, let me just add another little layer of, you know, comfort here and be like, it looks good. It looks smaller. Um, so I remember we like kind of chatted about that and I've been following you know, your pregnancy now with everything, because it's, it's almost like it's an unfortunate club that you never wanted to be a part of. And you just got into it and you can connect a lot more with these women when you realize that there are a lot of people, again, unfortunately that go through this and, you know, experiencing pregnancy after loss, I always say to people, it is you never expect it to hit you the way that it does. And I know for me, I didn't, um, I thought like once I got pregnant again, after having a miscarriage that I would be like, this is great, (laughs) you know? And I, I say it all the time. I'm like, pregnancy after a miscarriage just robs you of happiness in the beginning. And I remember being so angry that I couldn't find myself like, super happy in the beginning. Um, so just to also kind of like touch on my, my miscarriage that I had. Um, and I feel like I kind of, and I I said this to you briefly before we started too. like, I kind of have a little, I don't want to say different because I know that there are people out there in the medical field, um, you know, that have experienced this, but it was something that I, I knew about like I said, I've been an ultrasound tech for almost 10 years. I knew about miscarriages. And to add to that, I work in reproductive medicine. So I work with getting women and, you know, families and everything pregnant. And I am the bearer of bad news 
all the time for people. I'm also the, you know, the bearer of good news when things go great and, you know, work and everything's amazing. But unfortunately, being in my field, this type of scenario has made it to the point where I've been very numb to things. And there are some days where I would go into work and I would have six plus miscarriages in a day. And you just sit there and you're like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm so done. And you walk out of the room and you're like, another no heartbeat, another no heartbeat, you know? And it's just like, and I had never, you know, obviously up until it was me, I had never experienced that. But when you see it every day, you kind of start to think that you know how they're feeling. And you, and I'm telling like anyone who has not experienced it does not know how you're feeling. And it took me, you know, going through it to be like, oh crap, like, wow, wow. I thought I knew, you know? And so when I had, when I, we were, we were trying, we knew when my son turned, um, one that we wanted to start trying and everything. And I, um, I like thought everything was going to be like totally perfect. You, when you have a, like a healthy pregnancy before you don't, you kind of like feel invincible to things and you think that like, you're good. And I, I remember saying to myself that I wasn't going to go into work and scan myself. I just, I wanted to be a normal person. I didn't want to have my medical knowledge. I didn't want to read into every little thing and all this stuff. So I, and with my first, I was like scanning myself every single day, like <laughs> every single day. And I'm like, I'm talking like, I would even like transvaginal ultrasound myself. And just because it's super early, I'm like, let me look like I need to see or to get my doctor to have her look at me. And I was like, let me just be normal and not be so crazy and everything. And, you know, I was still working and all this stuff. And we were, we were trying and first month didn't happen. And then second month, um, it was December of 2017 and I woke up and I went to go to the gym and I was just like, Ooh, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, I'm definitely pregnant. Like I, I know it. And I told my one friend, didn't even tell my husband yet, like nothing. We were working out together and I was like, I am dizzy, like dizzy. And I, I would get weird symptoms. Like I would get dizzy, um, wouldn't get like nauseous per se. Um, but my gums would bleed and I was working out and I got dizzy and I like walked out of the, you know, the class and I went to the bathroom and my gums were bleeding. And I was like, ding, ding, ding pregnant. <laughs> and so it was, or it was like early December. Um, and I'm like texting my friend, I'm like, I, you know, with my first, I didn't get a chance to surprise my husband and I just wanted to surprise him. So I, you know, took a pregnancy test, came up positive. I was like, again, I'm not, I don't want to call work. They're going to be like, okay, come in, get your blood work done. Like, let's make sure. And I was like, let me just experience this. And so I, um, kept the pregnancy test and I got like viciously nauseous <laughs> like, very quickly. And I was like, Whoa, this is a totally different pregnancy. Like nauseous. I was like the person who was laying in bed with crackers on my chest, shoving crackers in my mouth before I even picked my head up off the pillow. 
And I was like, this sucks. Like, this is awful. I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't have this as my first, you know, whatever. So I was like keeping the secret and I'm like, Oh, I gotta, like, I gotta keep it in. I have to surprise him. Like, how am I going to do this? And I decided that I would hide it in the pregnancy test in the Christmas tree on Christmas day. And I was like, I'm going to have him and Caden, my son, try to look for something. You know, I hid something like look in the tree, you know, whatever. So I'm like sitting there, it's Christmas morning and I'm shaking like a leaf, like, which is, it's like, why am I shaking? Like, it's my husband, like, you know, and I'm just like, so excited. I have it all on video and I have them finding it. And he's just like, I was like, what? Like. And I remember just being so happy and I was like, this is great, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, I, uh, I, you know, you just don't think anything's going to go wrong. And even being in the field that I'm in, knowing all that I know of everything that can go wrong, I just, I had this, this feeling like not me, it's not going to happen to me. I'm totally fine. And so I, told my husband. And at this point, my mom had actually, um, she had already moved to Florida for a few years and she was up for Christmas and being in my field, I am that person who doesn't tell people until I'm, you know, quote unquote out of the clear. And I was like, I really, I want to tell my mom in person. Like, I just want to tell her, you know, can we just keep it a secret for everyone else? You know, whatever. And he's like, yeah, sure. So my mom, of course, being the person she is, she like comes in, comes in the house and she's like, all right, let's go. And I'm like, can you hold on a second? And she's like, what? And she's like, oh, let me guess you're pregnant. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, you don't even let me tell you, like, come on. So, you know, I tell my mom, I, her boyfriend, everything and you know, whatever, we were all excited. And then, so that was Christmas. Um, New Year's Eve is when I started spotting. and that was like such a gut punch almost because I, my mind was like back and forth, back and forth with everything. And I went, I got up, I went to the gym. I had really, really light spotting, but the nausea and everything, the dizziness just completely stopped. And I was like, okay, you're reading into this. Stop. Like you're further along. It's okay. Like you know, just go to work tomorrow and scan yourself. You'll be fine. No big deal. And so I go to the gym and I remember I was run. I was like, I had this urge to run. And I knew it was because I was, I was pissed because I had the feeling of what was going to happen. And I start running and I'm like, this isn't a good idea. Like, <laughs> like don't, don't run. What are you doing? You know? And so like, again, I was like this ball of emotions and I was like, what the heck do I do right now? So I stopped running. I just like walked on the treadmill and everything. And I was like, I'm miscarrying. Like I, I know it. And I call my husband and I'm like, I'm like, Mike, I'm, I'm miscarrying. And he's like, don't be negative. Like, don't think that way. No, no, no. Like, it's not going to happen. Like just go to work, get your blood work done. So I'm like sitting there and I was like, no, it's probably just implantation bleeding. That's what it is. It's implantation bleeding. And then in the back of my head, I'm like, you're further along. This should not be implantation bleeding. And, but it was super light. It wasn't like, 
it really wasn't concerning. It wasn't alarming. I was like, okay, maybe I have a subchorionic hemorrhage, like something. So I, I'm like, all right, I have to tell work. So I go into work and I'm like, hi, pregnant again. Um, draw my blood. think I'm having a miscarriage. And they're like, whoa, <laughs> like you want to pump the brakes? I'm like, no, I don't just draw my blood. Like, and then I knew like these people I've worked with, they're like basically my family because I've been with them at that point, you know, it was seven, eight years. And I was like, they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. It's just, I need to, I need to wait for blood work. We know that we know that I need to wait for blood work. They're like, go scan yourself. I'm like, no, no. And you know, to this day, I kind of sit here and I'm like, I wish I did scan myself. I wish I looked at it, but I was like, I can't because I just can't do it. And to me, I was like, okay, I had that intuition from the beginning. Don't look, don't look, just let it be. And I, you know, I couldn't wait. And we, I remember, I remember exactly where I was. I was like, let's go to my husband. I was like, let's go to Costco. (laughs) I'm like, we got to get food. And he's like, are you kidding me right now? Like, are you okay? And I'm like, I need to keep my mind busy. Like I got to do this. So I, um, and here we don't get service in Costco. Like it's so hard. And I just happened. I was like, you know what, before I go in, let me text who's going to get my blood. So I text them and I'm like, listen, don't feel bad about calling and telling me, I know, I know what's happening. I know it's going to suck. I know the answer I'm getting, you know, whatever. She's like, Sarah, no, no, no. Like you can't think that way. Let's be positive. So then I'm like, okay, no big deal. Walk through Costco. We're almost done. I get right to the back door, like where you would get service type of thing. And my phone rings and I'm like, okay, great. So now I'm in the middle of Costco. Why did I do this? <laughs> like, Why did I think this was a good idea? And they're like, okay, like betas are not good. Like your levels do not look good. Um, you know, do you want to come in for an ultrasound? And I was like, no, I was like, let's just see. And they're like, well, we need to make sure you don't need a DNC. And I was like, well, we both know that, um, we can check my betas for that. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, type of thing. I was like, let's not rush. Let's see if my body handles it, you know, whatever. And they're like, all right, we want you back in two days for an updated beta. So I'm like, okay. And this is where I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Like I'm at the, like in my career, I give the horrible news. And then, you know, I work in a very, very like small, close practice. So you know, I have permission from my doctor to give this news. Normally ultrasound texts do not. And, um, you know, I've, I've been there for so long. If there's anything I have questions on, she'll come in like that type of thing. But sometimes it's literally me saying, I am so sorry. There's no heartbeat, this, that, whatever. And I walk out the door and then it's handled by someone else. And to me, right then in there, that's kind of like, okay, it's it, before now, I mean, I would be like, okay, they had a miscarriage. Okay. It happened. And this sounds so awful, but it was kind of like a, okay, move on. Like, okay, we'll see them next, you know, next month. Like we'll follow up with them. But my, at that point, my hands are out of the treatment plan. I'm done. So I didn't realize the process of having a miscarriage and, you know, I've had family and friends and everyone who have been through it 
But I was like, this is just awful. I got my blood work back the second day and my betas started rising normally. So they were like, okay, maybe it's fine. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me right now. Like I'm going to have this rise and fall of betas abnormally. Go back again in two days, rise normally again. And I'm like, what is happening? Like what's happening? This isn't normal. What's going on? They should be decreasing, you know, whatever. And my doctor says to me, she goes, I want to put you on medication. Let's see if we can save this. And that's when my head just went all over the place. I was like, save this. I was like, what if this isn't in my plan? Like to save this. And then, you know, something else happens. And I'm like, but what if it is? And I say, so it was just such a, it's a mental game. And I chose to take the medication. And at that point, unfortunately, my husband was on force, like mandatory overtime for the entire weekend. And my best friend had to come down. She stayed with me. She took care of my kid the whole weekend. I like first time I napped in like months or years, really. And I was like, you know, she took care of me, everything. And the medication made me so, so unbelievably sick. I couldn't pick my head up. I could barely walk without the floor, like wobbling. And at this point, I'm still just lightly, lightly spotting, you know, and I'm like, all right, like, is this going to happen? I really don't want a DNC. Like, I really don't want to do this. And <laughs> she had done everything that whole weekend. Finally, it was like Sunday late afternoon. And she's like, I love you. Can I please take a nap? Your kid's exhausting. And I'm like, yeah, tell me about it. Like, I know. So um, she goes and she takes a nap. And as she's, you know, taking this nap, I'm literally like in full blown, what feels like full blown labor. And again, something I didn't think, like, I thought like miscarriage. Okay. It was diagnosed. We're done. You know, I knew there was more of a process to it, but like, that's all that I had been seeing. And here I am like back for blood work, phone calls, medication, trying this, doing that, you know, and now I'm experiencing full-blown contractions. And I'm like, what? I am doubled over in my bathroom, like in the most excruciating pain. And I'm like, uh, Liz, I need you to wake up. Like, <laughs> please come here. And, um, you know, this, maybe a little TMI, a little like vulgar type of thing. Um, but I ended up passing the baby in, in my hand pretty much. And I remember just convulsing basically like staring at it convulsing. And I was like, this is not real. This is not real life. And I just remember my thoughts went to like immediately, like knock it off. People have a worse, worst case scenario than you. Like people are further along. Um, you know, people have had stillborns, things like that. And I'm like, you're, and I kept hearing that you're early, you're early, you're early. Like you shouldn't be this upset. And I couldn't even control my body. I was literally like hands going. And I just looked at my friend and I was like, what do I do? Because I physically cannot put my baby in a garbage can and I can't flush it down the toilet. So what do I do? And she was just like staring at me like blank. And I was like, I need someone else to make this decision for me. Like I can't do it. So to this day, I don't know what she did. Um, and again, my, my whole medical knowledge goes out the window, like could have had it sent out for testing. Didn't even think about it. Like nothing, because when it's you, you're just like, 
your only focus is like, kind of like, what the heck? So she's like, she grabs my hands and she's like, I'm going to take care of this. You are not going to know what goes on. I need you to just go sit on the couch and like, calm down and, you know, do your best to do that. You can to calm down type of thing. So at that point, you know, I had called and I like let my doctor know that I had passed it and everything. And she was just like, well, did you save it? And I was like, no, like, no, it's fine. It's a chromosomal abnormality. Like we know this, like, no, I'm not, it's fine. I don't need to know. It's okay. We'll do genetic testing if we need to, like, no, I'm not, you know? And she's like, all right, well, when you stop bleeding, then come back in. And I'm like, this is, this is a whole process. And so many people think like, you should just get over it right away type of thing. Like, okay, it happened, move on. And I was like, this is a month and a half, almost two months of dealing with like post miscarriage issues and things. And I had to have you know, procedures done to make sure that my uterus was cleared out. And there wasn't, and and I was just like, wow, like it puts me in such a different position now that I've been through this to be able to comfort women when they go through it. And, um, you know, I, and I remember I was like, I want to try right away. I like, you know, I, I questioned a lot about life at that point. I was like, why me, you know, why did this happen? What did we do to deserve this? Like, this is awful. And then everyone I knew was getting pregnant and everyone I knew was due around when I was supposed to be due and, or like a month later or something. And I felt like the worst human in the world because I could not be happy for them. I like it. I couldn't, I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, I work in a field where women struggle to get pregnant. Like I know how much each pregnancy is such a blessing. And I was like sobbing every single time I saw another pregnancy post every time I was like, this is, this is the most unfair pain in the world. And I, um, remember I was like, once I get clear to try, we're trying. So we started trying and it was like, no, no, no. No. And I was like, I'm done. (laughs) I am done. I'm like, I can't do it. I'm like, we're going to Mexico in a few months. Like, let's just go. Let's have a great time. You know, we're going to Vegas. Like we had all these like trips planned and it was, you know, I was still doing Avocare at that point. So it was Texas, Vegas, uh, Mexico, like all these things. I was like, it's fine. Let's go. Let's go and enjoy ourselves. Um, ended up going to Vegas and getting super sick you know, ended up in an, in an urgent care, everything. And never once did they think like, Oh, let's run a pregnancy test on her. Nothing. So here they are like giving me all these medications and everything because they're like, yeah, you have an upper respiratory infection, all this stuff. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like, why is my immune system so crappy right now? And I don't think anything of it. I get on the plane to drive home, uh, drive home to fly home. And I start spotting and I'm like, Oh, getting my period. Okay. It's crazy still ever since the miscarriage, you know, I don't think, again, don't think anything of it. Ask someone for a tampon. Cause I was not prepared. I am like, okay, no big deal. Blah, blah, blah. Like a month goes by and I'm FaceTiming my dad and he's like, you look like shit. Are you pregnant? And I was like, 
oh and I was like no and then I was like oh my god that was only a light little spotty on the plane I was like no way there's no way so um I went and went into work and I was like someone someone draw my blood (laughs) and I and I ended up being pregnant with my second and I was like wow of course the one time that I'm like no we're done trying I end up getting pregnant and I'm like okay, cool. Now we have all these other things going on and now I'm pregnant and we got to figure this out. And it was just, it was so funny because I came home and my husband, I like threw the pregnancy test at him. I was like, of course, the one month we say no. And he looks at me, he's like, okay, Virgin Mary, like what? And I was like, shut up, you know? And I was like, we were laughing about it. And I was like, I can't believe this, you know, whatever. And it was maybe like a few hours of like, oh my God, I can't believe it to an instant, like, I'm not telling a soul. I'm not telling anyone. I'm not going through this. This is awful. Like I can't do it again. And everything, every little pain, every little twitch. I was like, Oh my God, is it happening again? Is it happening? Like, is it going to be fine? Like, you know, like I said earlier, it just robs you of your happiness in the beginning. And I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to tell anyone. Ended up not telling anyone until we were like almost 19 or maybe like 17 weeks pregnant, something like that. And I was like, I can't, like, I need to make sure that I'm like in the safe zone and let's be real. There's no safe zone type of thing. And it's something that I had to come to terms with in that second, well, third pregnancy. And I was like, I just have to trust that if, if it's meant for me, it'll be. And I have to be okay with it. And I have to take each day, one day at a time type thing. And I, you know, I'm, I'm big with mindset. I'm big with being positive. And that was like the biggest struggle for me because I was like, well, what if, what if? And I was like, no, Sarah, you know, better. You can't be like this. You have to think that everything is going to be perfect and you're going to get your little rainbow baby and everything's going to be fine and all this stuff. And I, I don't think I calmed down that entire pregnancy until the baby was in my arms. And then I became a helicopter mom, a total helicopter mom towards him, because if it wasn't for the baby that I had lost, I wouldn't have him. And you realize how precious life is, it, like even in the womb, then like you feel it so much differently when it happens to you. And when you've experienced that loss and then now you have your precious baby who wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that season of your life and that pain that you went through. And you're just like, I can't experience any more pain. I can't see you get hurt. I can't see anything happen to you. Like I would sit up at night and just stare at him and then be like, are you breathing? Are you, are you fine? You know? And it, it sucks because, you know, it robbed me early on of being happy. And then I, you know, I like started to enjoy my pregnancy, but not so much. I had a lot of crazy life events that went on during that pregnancy that, you know, like family members passing away. And and it was just, it was very hard to find joy. And all I wanted to do was just keep this baby guarded. I, I was like, I don't want to risk anything. And then I thought everything would be fine once I had him and I'd be good. And like, don't get me wrong. I like, he, like we had him and I was like, oh my God. like, 
okay, you're here. Okay. You're breathing. Like we're good. Okay. We survived our first night. Like, you know, and, but it was just, I've realized that it totally changed who I am as a mom too. And I'm glad that it, it sounds crazy to say, but at this point in, you know, my journey with everything, I'm glad I did experience the miscarriage. I'm not, you know, it, it's horrible, but I'm glad that I did because it has made me a more compassionate caregiver to patients. I can, you know, unfortunately relate to people and help people. And, you know, I, I believe that we're put through things for a reason. And, you know, I sit here constantly with my clients. I've had so many clients who have struggled with secondary infertility or infertility in general and pregnancy loss and everything. And I'm like, I went through this so that I could help someone else get through it. And I didn't realize that honestly, until just probably, you know, six months ago, or probably a little longer, but one of my clients, she went through a, a pregnancy loss and I was able to talk her through it because when you go through it, so many people will say things with good intentions, but they are the most hurtful things in the world. And you sit there and you hear the, oh, well, at least you were early. Oh, at least you're pregnant again. And like all of these things. And you're just like, shut up, please. Just, and you sit there and you have a smile on your face and you're like, yeah, yeah. And then in the back of my head, I'm like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, and you know that they don't mean any harm. They're just trying to comfort you and everything like that. But um, it was good because I realized then that I was able to speak in a way to other people that I knew wasn't going to be just another one of those conversations where they struggled and they were just like basically sitting there like get me off this get you know get me away from this person get me off this call like stuff like that so you know like I said it's a weird thing to sit here and say that I can look back at it and say oh I'm glad I went through that but I am because it changed me and it made me you know value things a whole lot more I questioned so much. And then like any season of like dark times, you question everything that's going on. And then you come out of it and you're in the light and everything. And you're like, oh, this is why I went through it. This is why I went through that storm. And, you know, it definitely, it definitely changed me for who I am. Um, it has just made me, you know, realize that also too, you know, I kept thinking everywhere I went, no one knew what I was going through. I would go, I had, I had to keep living life at that point. I had a kid, like my husband was at work a lot. I was pretty, I was, you know, pretty much home a lot of the time by myself. Like I needed to go food shopping and all this stuff. And it, it made me realize that no one knows what someone's going through. So give kindness to everyone because I would sit there and just hear people like bickering and yelling. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, that's what you're yelling about. That's funny. Cause I just went through this, you know, like in the back of my head. So it's definitely made me a better person. So, you know, I, I'm glad that I went through it in a way it sucks, but everything, you know, ended up working out cause I had my little rainbow baby, but it's hard. It's, it's a hard thing to go through. So. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, literally, I feel like everything that you said, I'm like, yeah, yep. 
like check that <laughs> out. Yeah. Um, because it is, it's so relatable. Um, and obviously I haven't been through parenting after <laughs> a loss. Yeah. I guess I have because I've got a nine-year-old at home. Right. I've been through parenting my rainbow baby yet because I'm not finished with this pregnancy. Right. But you do always hear people talk about like how much a loss like changes, even how they treat their kids. Oh yeah. And I will say that even before I got pregnant again, after my miscarriage, I remember like looking at my son and thinking like, gosh, I'm so lucky. Oh yeah. Like I'm so lucky. And like, which sounds crazy because like I went through this horrible thing, but then I think like mm-hmm. some people, and you know this because of the field that you're in, but I'm mm-hmm. like, man, I'm so lucky because I do have him. And so many people don't, so many people yeah. can't have kids or spend thousands of dollars to try mm-hmm. um, to may or may not have kids. Right. Um, and it really is, you know, it does change your way of thinking and change really, like, like you said, who you are like as a person in your work. Um, so I was going to ask you about your parenting journey since then, but you like (laughs) hit it on the, like hit the nail on the head. Um, but I do want to ask you if you have a piece of advice for any moms who are going through a loss or pregnant again after their loss, um, what you would have to share with them. So I have two pieces of a piece of advice for everyone. Um, first, if you are experiencing this and you know, this may be something that people will hear and it will come up. And I know that, but I could say it until I was blue in the face. It does not matter how far along you are your loss is your loss. And a loss is just that it is heartbreaking. It is confusing. It's, you know, so upsetting. And I remember, I just remember so many people saying, well, at least it was early. At least it was early losing a child, losing something that you were longing for and hoping for and loved from the second you knew it was there. It destroys a piece of you in the beginning. So don't let anyone take that from you. Don't let anyone make you feel like your loss is less than because, you know, everyone's heart is hard. You can't compare other people's struggles to your own. And that was something that, you know, I had to come to terms with for myself because I kept trying to downplay my own miscarriage and I didn't want to talk about it to people. I didn't want to say anything. I I didn't post about it probably until a year and a half later. And it was like a nonchalant, like, yeah, been there too, like type of thing, you know, because I felt like so many people would be like, oh, well, how far along were you? Like, it doesn't matter. I lost, I lost the baby, you know? And, um, my second piece of advice is a medical standpoint. (laughs) Um, I am a, I tell this to everyone, every pregnant woman that I see, I say to them, I'm like, I don't care how many nurses. I don't care how many doctors are around you have seen this before have, you know, um, delivered a million and five babies. I don't care. You know, your body better than anyone else. 
always stand up for yourself, always ask questions, demand the care that you deserve and just be your own, your own voice with everything. And you, you know, you, you have to be, especially after a loss too, like, because you're so terrified, but I always say this to people, I'm like, can I give you one form of unsolicited advice, please? And I'm like, just speak your mind, you know, your body better than everyone else stand up for yourself. So it's not, it's not disrespectful. It's not overstepping anyone. It is you standing in your power and trusting what you are feeling inside because no one knows that other than you. So that is so good. And it brings me back to my loss because my OB is like a teddy bear. I tell people that all the time. Godsend, I love my OB. But before I found out that I was actually miscarrying, when I started bleeding, I remember I went into triage in the emergency department at our hospital. And I was actually telling somebody this story today. And, um, you know, I, they called me back and they said, you know, what's going on? And I burst into tears to yeah. tell this nurse, like I'm bleeding. And I, you know, like you said, it doesn't matter how far along you are. I was only five, uh, a little over six weeks. Mm-hmm. So I felt silly for crying. Cause I knew like, there's nothing that they can do, but I just needed to know what was going on. Yeah. And I burst into tears and this nurse says, what are you crying for? No, I'm just, (laughs) I'm just stressed out. I'm bleeding. I feel like I'm miscarrying. Um, I'm, I feel like this isn't right. And she says, and I quote, we don't cry back here until we know there's something to cry about. And oh, yes. And the way she said it, I know, like you said, I know she meant no harm. Like she was probably just trying to calm me down. But when when I went back out into the waiting room after, you know, we were waiting for the ultrasound, I tell my husband what the nurse said. And it hit me like, who says that to someone who's miscarrying? Um, and visibly crying, yeah, like sobbing, like, like yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, like you said, no one knows your body better than you. And that's an amazing mm-hmm. piece of advice because I tell I tell moms in the mom groups that I'm in or in the miscarriage groups that I'm in, like it's always better to be safe than sorry. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like, who cares if you have to go to triage? once a week mm-hmm. if you're stressed that yeah. something is happening to your baby um or who cares if you have to call your nurse uh the you're in the middle of the night yeah every single day to mm-hmm. like answer a question for you like you're you're their boss like yeah they're they're your client basically mm-hmm. and they're working for you um yeah so yeah, that, that's a great piece of advice, um, which I love. And I yeah. try to remind myself that often because I do talk myself out of sometimes. Like, oh yeah. My, my poor husband, when I went into labor, he was like, could you maybe just like tone it down a bit? And I'm like, no, 
No. Actually, I'm not <laughs> because Thanks. I know what's going on here. Thank you. <laughs> I know I do have to tell myself, like I, I tell myself sometimes, like Eileen's probably so tired of hearing from me. That's my OB's nurse. And I'm like, oh, well, no, I used to say to people when I used to work in high risk OB and we would have women come in for what's called a biophysical profile, just check the well being of the baby. And I would sit there and I would look at them and I'm like, hear me loud and clear. I don't care if it's 30 minutes from the time or give it a little more time. I would be like, I don't care if it's, you know, the same night after you leave here, you don't feel that baby move. ER go. You don't wait. It's a life. It is a precious life. It is also your life too. Your life is at risk being pregnant and everything. And I'm like, do not take it lightly. Who cares if they're like you again, what's going on? Calm down. Guess what? It doesn't matter. Go, go peace of mind. And not only that things can change in a second. Yes. Yeah. So, and if there's anything that a loss teaches you, it's that, it's that (laughs) things happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I really appreciate you sharing your story and you're right. Thank you for having me from a medical standpoint is like so many nuggets of wisdom. Yeah. Um, so if somebody who's listening today wants to connect with you, how can they do that? Um, I am on Instagram and Facebook. Facebook is just my name, Sarah Genovese. Um, but Instagram, I am Sarah, (laughs) S-A-R and then my last name Genovese. Um, but you can connect with me on there. I'd love to hear other people's stories. And if anyone needs any advice, I'm here for them. So I really appreciate you having me on here. Yes. I love, I've loved having you. Um, and I'll link your information for people if they want to reach out to you. Um, Perfect. So I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. for. Thank you. Good luck with your delivery so soon. soon. I can't wait to see pictures so soon, even though we just talked about you not liking that. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. I promise. (laughs) All right, Sarah, have a good one. You too. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Pregnancy After Loss podcast. Don't forget to check out the show notes to connect to today's guest and find any resources shared in today's episode. To catch new episodes, subscribe to the show on whichever platform you listen to podcasts. Until next time.